I have have a very important question for everyone. Has everyone been practicing their bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions? Yeah! I've been starting since the day I was born. (laughs) It's not a tumor! It's not a tumor! (laughs) Get to the chopper! This is very good. We're here. We're here and we're watching the running man. (laughs) People at TriStar are very nice to me. I like them a lot. If right, you enjoy have... this movie, you should watch my documentary called Pumping Iron. <laughs> hey, Keith Parrish? Oh, Jesse Ventura is a very, very funny show. man. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have you die last. <laughs> See you at the party, Hector. That's how it usually goes. Let's get the chopper. Get to the chopper. Hey, don't be a party pooper. Stop <laughs> whining. This is the greatest introduction of any Dead Kids of Derry episode ever. I in kindergarten carp. Take it like a hard boiled egg. Ah, <laughs> uh, the text roll. Red background with the white lettering. That's that's oof. She's giving me the chill. Yeah, I should have been reading this. Television is controlled by the state, and a sadistic game show called The Running Man has become the most popular program in history. All art, music, and communications and are censored. No discernment. I can't read it. Okay, never mind. I tried. Uh, you got great eyes. You got great eyes. You were rolling right through that. I was. Have you read 1984? I haven't read this book. Dude, dude. I was going to read 1984. I lived it. <laughs> Yeah. No, no. Basically, if you know the plot of Orwell's book, 1984, that's where we take off from with the running. It's very dystopian. Very. I love that book so much. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a good book. So, so is the story that Stephen King wrote that they based the Running Man on. Very they, good. Yeah, correct. Also very good. Welcome back to another episode of the Dead Kids of Derry with the Running Man. Jumping in with it real quick. Helicopters are in the air for anybody following at home. And very RoboCop-like uh, graphics. I'm liking it. Nice helicopter shot out there. You can absolutely not tell that they were just doing that in front of a scroll screen. Nah. <laughs> you know, that was actually one of the first things I noticed when re-watching this. Is the, Before, is it's like, sh- it looks so good. And now it's like, wow. That's really shitty scroll screen work right there. That's what that is. <laughs> well, most of the 80s had really shitty scroll screen work. The scroll yeah. screen work just sucks, so... I mean, we were. Your screen projection is a pain in the balls. Whether if you're matching it up or trying to sync it up, and sometimes it was, I think it usually became a situation of who gives a shit? Let's just get this dialogue. You know, we have to have this background that we're not happy with them, no matter how we. Yeah, no. The scaling always blows ass. It just, it never looks right. Like, just fuck it. Just do what you got to do. It's cheaper than getting an actual helicopter. I've, I mean, I've, I've been on sets where I've been in the back of the car that's idling and actually pushing it, 
making it look like the cars, you know, actually moving while they're filming inside. Well, you got people running by with tree branches, like, oh, look at this. It's totally moving, guys. (laughs) Like, yeah, no. When did the Twilight Zone movie tragedy happen? Because maybe they they cooled it on helicopters for a little bit after that. I do believe Twilight Zone, the movie's tragedy, happened not too long before this, if I'm not mistaken. That makes sense. That was a big deal. So That was, that was, yep. I'm not too yeah. familiar with this uh, ordeal. <clears throat> what, the Twilight Zone 1983 was yeah. the year of my birth. Uh, the Twilight Zone, um, you know, there was an actor holding two kids and they had a helicopter scene. It was like Vietnam, I think, or something like that. And he, he was running through water and the helicopter came down and cut all their heads off. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, literally. Unfortunately, Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. Sadly. Holy fuck. All right. Well, rest in peace. Fuck helicopters. That's Um, what I'm saying today. There was a crazy story where, because he he had an issue. He was like, he was a TV star that started to go downward. And uh, he didn't work for a bit. And he started drinking instead of working. And then he finally cleaned it up. And he started acting again. And I remember he called his agent. And he said he had reservations about doing this stunt. And uh, his agent said, are you ready to stop doing gigs? You ready to start turning the stuff down now? And he was like, no. And then he went and did it. So not only did he have to die, and realistically, he was holding two kids, so he killed two kids with them. But yeah. he uh, he didn't want to do it to begin with. Boy, dude, that sucks. Fucking garbage. That's horrible. In yeah. Years before Dana Carvey did the famous Quint. When Dana Carvey killed um, Vic Morrow actually did a quint in The Last Shark that also starred James Franciscus, which is a very close representation of Jaws. It was one of the first like Italian remakes. And Vic Morrow actually played a really good version of Robert Shaw as Quint because yeah. it was very similar. <laughs> but he was a very good actor. But... We're not talking about Robert Shaw or Quint or anything today. We've got a movie here in a rare moment yeah. where we actually have a genuine, bona fide fucking megastar starring in this movie. That's true. And in fairness, it's more, it's a Richard Bachman film. It is. But, you know, not exactly a Stephen King, you know, credited as. But anybody out there knows the secret knows the secret. Everybody knew. Everybody knew from like the second book that Richard Bachman was king. Come on. (laughs) If you go and buy the books, it doesn't even say Richard Bachman anymore. Like if you go buy the talisman now, it says the talisman, Stephen King. Like they they didn't even bother. I forgot what the loophole was. It was like some contract thing where he couldn't get these books picked up by Viking who was doing his original stuff. And he said, well, fuck it. I'm just going to put it under this other name. But everybody knew it was King. It was like five seconds. Everybody was like, oh, that's got to be Stephen King. But yeah. So technically, yes, it is a Richard Bachman book. But yeah, fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. This, this- uh, I, th- I think this is the uh, first and I think probably only uh, story that Stephen King wrote that actually was made into an action film. I think this is more action. I mean, it's dystopian. It deals with a lot of, you know, stuff that Stephen King deals with. But uh, 
this is definitely a lot more action than uh, thrills and scares like you know, uh, his other stuff. No, this definitely sits outside the usual box of what we usually cover on the show. Kind of like a Stand By Me did or something like that. This is definitely like out there in the sci-fi action territory. Very little of this I would call horror. Even though, I mean, you could just say the future that they're living in in itself is a horror. But, yeah. yeah. Short story based on, right? Yeah, short story. Did you read it? Was it actually in the short, do you know? No, no, it was much more methodical. Um, they took a very different approach yeah. with it. And I think it's probably because they found it and they saw what they wanted to do with it. And they went, okay, we're going to do it this way. They got Arnold and we're talking about like Arnold, like prime time. It's coming right off a of Terminator Arnold. Like, yeah. like this is like the prime of his career. And they were like, well, we got to have things for Arnold to do. Cause he's obviously not going to be able to do this methodical thriller style so was this 85 or 86 87 i think 87 87 87. so like it's in the i mean like he was just coming off of the first terminator i believe he had done some uh a couple of other movies after the first terminator but yeah this is like prime time arnold he knew he wasn't going anywhere when by the time he did this i wonder if he almost wanted to work with stephen king in a way kind of like that because I think Arnold is a horror fan. Like, I remember seeing him on, like, Tales from the Crypt, having fun. I think he even directed an episode of Tales yeah, from the Crypt. He directed the episode where, um, who was it? He switched bodies of William. And yeah, that old, yeah. The, 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 from Christmas Vacation. Yeah, Uncle Lois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor wow. man, George Burns. Yeah. No, he, uh, um, he yeah, no. Bigham. Directed oh, that man. episode. He's done quite a few horror movies recently too like since he's kind of come back from after being the governor he, he's done quite a few he did some movie called maggie and yeah. he did a couple other ones yeah maggie get your ass to the chopper <laughs> now now the austrian i mean his austrian accent's movie. all but gone at this point oh it is yeah. but it's, yeah. he still has an amazing voice yeah, yeah. <laughs> his jawline is perfect yeah oh Incredible. Oh, you, you can chisel, chisel anything on this jaw. You chiseled. you can chisel the bust of David with his jaw. That's how chiseled his jawline is. That's what Seriously, I was thinking last Saturday. Can someone please make this into a picture? I just want to see that happening. <laughs> I just have to hold my head such a way to chisel his manhood. I it's perfect. <laughs> his manhood. This it's would manhood. be the great. This would be the greatest penis in all of Italy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I'm Austrian, so it's a brown swagger. Well, uh, if he was, I was saying, if he was sculpting David, he would have been in Italy. Yeah, yeah. In the Renaissance, because I chin was so gentle against the Middle regions. I know I had to make these things a thing of beauty. I had to be careful. I had to know. I had to. I had to be was so delicate with my chin. I could not push too hard against the stone or else it would crack. But I realized I already made the ass. So I didn't want to have the ass go even longer. It was a, it was a process. And then I just used the side of my chin and then I, I just buffed it out. Okay. I want to apologize to the viewers at home that this is only the beginning and we've probably done nothing but Arnold impersonation. 
<laughs> oh. It's so I, true. It hurts. I just. I just want to. I just want to say, like, all right, like we made the joke. Like Alex did it. I bounced off him. Coin, you did not have to go that hard with it. But I am so glad that you did. Well, <laughs> holy shit! I don't know where I was even going. I was just looking at the expressions on your faces as this litany of garbled word verbiage in the bizarre accent coming out of my mouth, and I'm looking at Lamont's face the whole time and I'm looking at Maddie's face and I'm like I'm not winning anyone over here so I just better start shooting <laughs> I didn't know what to say <laughs> that was wild yeah. but yeah no we're, we're watching the running man and it's it's I don't know there's dirty people it's really upsetting I, I have a question is is there any person alive that looks it's so, it just looks awesome uh, chomping down on the cigar other than Arnold I mean, he, it's like the cigar is made for his mouth and face. No, he, 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 he kind of made that. I think that he made that look iconic, in my opinion. I have, I have to say Sean Connery kind of does it great, though. Yeah. He does. He does. Yeah. But he's got, but Arnold, like, I don't know. Like, he can do it and just have it hanging out of his mouth, like, just like there. That's it. That, like, that's the key. Fuck it. I'm here. This is, I don't even need air. We're just going to let the tobacco happen. And that's pretty impressive. There's only, I think, a handful of people that can really work a good cigar. Arnie is definitely one of them, but I also think of, like, Edward G. Robinson, you know, he's an all-time character actor, played a lot of gangsters. Yeah. And, um, you know, then there's, like, you know, the classics, like George Burns, you know, or, who always had a you know, cigar just hanging out of him. But it's funny you mentioned, you know, Sean Connery, because some, some people made smoking really cool. And no one could work a cigarette better than Sean Connery back in the day. Yeah. Some, pe- some people knew how to act. I mean, and this and this is a testament to you know Arnold that I'm talking about here. He's yeah. a very good actor, but he also knows how to work with props. Some actors don't know how to work with props. Some actors are afraid to work with props sometimes. But when it comes to like someone, a character that has to be smoking, they know how to enjoy how to enjoy it, how to. Um, Make it work. And I feel like I have something on my lip. Someone else talk. You should do a commercial for pro smoking, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I'm, like... I mean, I mean, I mean, the last time okay, I saw it's, it, it, it's a part of character development. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I think when you're writing something, it's always nice to see where you can take characters in different ways. And if the other smoker versus a non-smoker having a dialogue what the hell can come out of that? It just sounds like an argument, you know, basically in the making. So yeah, you can't even, you can't even really have people smoking in movies anymore. It's, no, like a, it's I mean, a big no, no. It's a big no, no. I mean, yeah. they have big up. cigarettes for them to smoke now. I mean, growing up, it seems like everyone was always smoking in the movies. And now, you know, you don't see it anymore, especially in the past almost 25 years now. Yeah, um, back then they used to hit their wives in the movies too, but like you don't really see that anymore. I think we should just bring everything back. Keep the home well, at home. I, I mean, I mean, the big thing for me is that uh, I mean, it's fine that they don't. I mean, doing the smoking in films now, but when they're doing like a film that's set in the 1940s or like a time period piece, I mean, I there's a lot of talk of like, well, you know. Keep keep the the cigarettes out of that, or like airbrush them out. And I'm like, dude, 
that that's how it was back then. If you're doing something that is set in a certain time, you gotta have people, you know, either wearing that time period's clothes or, you know, with cigarettes or cigars. I mean that. I mean, you're doing the film in the 1940s. You can't have people walking around without a cigarette. I fully agree. When, when the period justifies yeah. it, it's got to be there. Yeah. And it's funny because with this post-apocalyptic thing, the only other movie that I, with smoking I could think of is Screamers. And I remember they had the, the red cigarettes and the blue cigarettes. So, you know, even if it was a thing in the past, like how this is an apocalypse, but, you know, we're just, I, mean, I don't know, we're just kind of talking about smoking here. Um, we're smoking away and we're running at the same time, though. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, both directions, anywhere you want to go. <clears throat> now you know that this 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 summer was very big for Arnold, very big. Another gigantic Arnold movie came out this summer, Predator. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, this was the same year. They pushed yeah. this back because they didn't want it to compete with it to, with with another Arnold fucking huge blockbuster film. I feel, you know, Predator has a little more respect on its name than The Running Man. You know what I mean? I, I don't think this one, I don't think this one really caught on as as far as like in scale of like how big Arnold's was at the time. Yeah. I think this one kind of fell by the wayside <clears throat> when when you look at it as a thing. But I mean, the, the simple fact that Predator was only came out only a few months beforehand. Yeah. Totally, probably, you know, overshadowed this. This, this is the best thing about the eighties, right now. <clears throat> the aerobics on the TV, right now, getting with the spandex, man. That that was the best part of the eighties. I mean, I come agree. on, Jane Fonda workout videos. Oh yeah. man, those workout videos made me a man that I am today. I, <laughs> I fully understand. <laughs> I fully understand it. <laughs> with it i'm with it but no this this movie i think and matt kind of made a a nod to it when we got when we first got going but this movie to me shares a lot of parallels with robocop in that there's like some severely cutting social commentary yeah going on in this it's not as blatant as it is in robocop because robocop it's like just right on the surface like they have just like all that social commentary propaganda like on the on the tv and the ads and like all that stuff this is a little more under the skin it's a little more subtext but i do i do feel like they share a lot of commonalities in their narrative and like what they're talking about especially like with the aerobics and like the that kind of the way that they go about that yeah i think arnold is really manhandling that woman that doesn't fly apply today no. I, I don't think he listened to the Me Too movement back in the eighties. No, definitely not. Well, definitely not. Could they even use man nowadays if that was the way it was going to go? Is, is that just That's like direct? I, That's I th- direct. Yeah, I think they'd call it person to person domestic incident or something. Yeah, we can't even gender them anymore. The running person. I want that T-shirt. The running <laughs> person in the same logo and everything on Arnold poster. The <laughs> The running meat popsicle. There it is. I'm, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but me personally, I see myself as a bisexual panda. So, <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, I, w- I want you guys to all accept uh, 
except uh, me for me. And uh, and I just wanted to say that and, and come out right now. Hey, man. I'm all for people being whatever the hell they want to be, but... but... Not you, man. Not you. You, have, you can't do it. <laughs> Look at the Arnold running through. Ain't that beautiful? Well, Hawk, I'll accept you for how, however you want to accept Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> I will not accept Hawk. I will not accept Hawk. I, I will. I will accept Hawk as his own entity, like as a protosex. Like, <laughs> Hawk. Yes. Yes. Uh, my my new sex is just Hawk. You know? There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know. I think in the future there will be whole groups of people that follow that Hawk. Probably follow the Hawk way. Get a hashtag I'm, on it. Put it on Twitter. Some girl with purple hair that in Starbucks is going to catch on and it'll, oh, it'll blow up. Oh, I, I hope yeah. so. She is my dream girl. <laughs> no, no, trust me. Any girl that you see with funny colored hair in a Starbucks is not your dream girl. They are not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I just wanted, since uh, since we're watching this and this right now is, is in, in the Halloween month, yeah. I just wanted to put out a... Um, safety message that Uh-oh. this is sacrifice season so beware of sexy golf girls that are taking you into abandoned buildings because uh you're not going to get out there alive don't i know it yeah. <laughs> that's a little psa right there just you know thank you thank you for that Hawk. it's true though he's not wrong he ain't he, yeah, he ain't. i've narrowly escaped death three times this week alone <laughs> Oh, it's a kitten. Yeah. She loves the running man. She was just watching this, actually, on the sidelines. Heck yeah. Yeah. What's up? Well, what, what can you say? Uh, Pussy cats love Arnold. They do. That's what it is. That's what it is right there. Yep. He's had many loves over the years of the <laughs> pussycat variety. Of the pussycat variety, yes. I love them pussycats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, Ventura is also in, the, in Predator. I wonder if he was just getting a boost in action, or if him and Arnold were like friendly or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the backstory is there for sure, but I'm pretty sure like Ven- Jesse Ventura was just trying to break out of wrestling in the movies, and he was just getting cast as like you know a big jacked up heavy. You um, can, I can yeah, picture I think that's what it was. Gym. I can see them being friendly at some Hollywood gym or something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears> Arnold <throat> probably helped him give him a push. Then he was a good governors. They're both governors too. Yeah, well, both ex governors. Actually, it's funny if you think about it that if we do get attacked by the predator species, uh, we are probably better equipped because we've had two governors that have actually taken it, it on. At, at, at face value. So. One of them died horribly, though. Yeah, but he was still a sexual tyrannosaurus. He was a sexual tyrannosaurus, it's true. Yeah. And he had a lot of great shaw. And, uh, yeah. But he did uh, actually get his entire chest cavity evacuated, so that kind of sucks. That that leaves a, a lot more room to, you know, to grow. Uh, <laughs> fill it with his heart. I like that. Yeah, I mean, there's no internal organs, but whatever. Not picky. <laughs> Ventura's always been a character, even up to this day. I was watching some older wrestling stuff with him not too long ago. And he's a very colorful character in the wrestling spandex. 
I, I do have have to say Arnold with that Hawaiian shirt. I mean, that really does, you know, uh, accentuates the the bulking, muscular physique he has. I think he should, you know, wear more Hawaiian shirts. I think that would really bring out, you know, the color in his eyes. Getting heavy twin. <laughs> I'm getting heavy twins vibes from that outfit. Very, very twinsy. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> You know, with the governor thing, when Arnold was was going for governor, his campaign bus was nicknamed the Running Man. (laughs) And he's actually running on screen right now. Look at that. I was about to say, look, he's actually doing it. He's really doing it. I'm being chased. Stop it, man. This movie wasn't just a hot plate of bullshit. He's really running. (laughs) I, you know, I always... What you what you guys just take on the concept of the running man? Because I always assume this is how bad it would get one day, where like it would be, pre- you know, people getting killed for back to the old Coliseum days. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I mean, subversively, aren't we kind of already there? Yeah, we're only like two steps away from actual murder on TV. I don't even, yeah. I don't even yeah. think I don't even think it's that far off, Alex. If you I watch, was trying to be a little optimistic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't I'm think you're right. I'm, tr- I'm trying to give him at least two steps. Instead I don't think of you're like right, a man. Wait, we already killed Saddam Hussein, was it, on a, on live television? No, yeah. no. That no, was not live television. No. It wasn't uh, live, but it was broadcasted. It, it was like where they killed him, it was live, I think. Yeah. But not yeah. like in America. No. Yeah, no, I with... yeah, it takes a few seconds for the... Uh, it to be transferred. <laughs> no, you look at look at our. No, really, think about it though, guys. Look at our sports. Look at the things that make the most money in America. Yeah, football, hockey, and MMA. Yeah. Yeah. And if you watch, if you watch any of those, they are legally sanctioned violence. Right. Plain and simple. Is it, whatever you do on a football field or basketball, even basketball, hockey, whatever you do in there, it's a foul at worst. There's no jail time. There's no sure. trouble. MMA people come out of MMA fights mauled. Right. They look like they got, got they picked a fight with a bear and lost. Yeah. Nothing happens to anybody because it's all okay. It's all legal because it's within the confines of the money making spectrum of the country. Could you ever see MMA going to a point of where it's not to knock out, it's still death? And people, oh, yeah, people supporting it the way they do. Oh, with people, yeah, I think it would too. Yep. Um, I, I, actually, it's funny jumping up what James says about you know, all of the guys are making money and all that, it's legal. If you want to go, uh, and, and, and look at it, for example, like. I mean, prostitution is illegal, but yet you you film it; it's porn, so that that makes it legal. So it's illegal as prostitution, <laughs> but it's legal as porn. The message that the Running Man really sends is that everything is okay as long as the government's making money. Yeah, yeah. So as long as the government's making money off of something, then it's a okay. Look at Nevada; the perfect example. Of what exactly what you just said, Alex. Nevada found a way to register, tax, and sanction their prostitution. It's as legal as anything else in that state. 
because they figured out a way, their angle to make the money off of it. And they make the money off of the whorehouse proprietors. It's the same thing. Like, why is weed legal now where 20 years ago it would land you in prison for exuberant amounts of twice? They found angles and ways to make a shitload of money off of it. That's the only difference between legal and illegal. Yeah. In my opinion. And as we get older as a country, as the world gets just more desensitized and terrible, like by 2050, I could totally see people being like, live on TV tonight. Watch this guy kill this guy. Yeah. And everybody yeah. be like, oh, man, I can't wait. This is going to be fucking great. His career is going to, you know, I can see that. Why? Like, because we're terrible. Like, the whole species is terrible. If there's enough money in it, in it everybody will put their ass Everybody will get in on that because yeah. we're awful. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, the fact is that, I mean, you look at reality TV. Now, the fact is that, yes, you don't have people killing each other on reality TV, but the whole idea is pretty much trying to watch people screw up their lives for the inter- uh, entertainment for those who are watching, and and like uh, show like all the you know building off of that, Alex. Building off yeah. of that. Look at the reality characters that get get the that actually make a career out of it. It's yeah. the most terrible people. Yeah, it's the people that come off of those shows as complete. Well, frankly, for lack of a better word, cunts. Yeah, Not the cuntier though. the cuntier you are on a reality show, the more likely you're going to be a star. Like, I'll go all the way. I'll show my age here, but like when when uh-huh. reality TV was in its infancy, there was a show where people actually, for some god forgiven reason, competed for the love of a man named Flavor Flav. Oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> Yeah, and in that time, there was this one particularly horrible human being named New York. Oh, come on! She was fucking terrible. She was an awful person. She was the devil, dude. I remember her. She was was an awful fucking person. Uh, Tiffany Tiffany Pollard or something like that. Tiffany Pollard about hoops up. Yeah, Tiffany Pollard. She was the worst of the worst. And what happened? She everybody, made a career out of it. Everybody fucking loved her for it. She got her own goddamn show after that. I love like New York. Th- for like three seasons. That's scary. That's horrifying. But there was a brilliance in that, too. No, no matter how you cut it, she was able to provide longevity for herself, even if it was. But she figured that out. She made it work for her. And you can't take that away from her. So oh no! I, absolutely I, I, not. I, I have to give her some credit. I really, actually, I, I, I honestly believe it was a hundred percent act. I think she had it planned from the jump. Yeah. yeah. That she was going to be and be like, "I'm going to be the loudest, most obnoxious, most terrible person Uh-oh. on this show," and they're not going to have a choice but to notice me. Not for sure. <clears throat> oh, I, I love this dance sequence that they're doing right now. The lighting. I was just about to call you out, Alex. I'm sorry. Uh, what can I say? I love the '80s. I miss the Good '80s. Time, man. Uh, yeah. I miss the hair. I definitely miss the spandex. <laughs> you could, but you could totally run. You could totally run the allegory that there these these girls dancing before this spectacle of death are the same as cheerleaders on the side of a football game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, uh, it's, it's the same as the ring girls uh, for boxing. I mean, 
the fact is that violence and sex always go hand in hand. Yes. I mean, it's the most primal uh, thing of us as a species. The future running person show, they'll get nude. There'll be no clothing on those cheerleaders at all. They'll start with clothes and strip down. They'll be bouncing. Give me a K. Give me an I. First of all, first of all, their cheers aren't going to be cheers anymore. It's just going to be lesbian sex. (laughs) Moments for days, yeah. Double sided dildos. The whole stretch. It's all going back to Caligula days. Exactly. It's going full reverse. We're going to be in the days of Caligula. Yeah, we'll we'll have a vomitorium built in there just for decor. Some, somehow we'll actually have Malcolm McDowell back in a toga. Oh yeah. Uh huh. I'm telling you, Caligula style, man. I got that at a yard sale once. I thought I, I was looking at horror movies. The guy goes, "You like? You want to see something really horrible?" <laughs> if I could pick that up, and I, I bought it and I watched it, and it's a wild ride. Yeah. Maddie I I, I, I I love that movie. Maddie and I are actually, we still need to coordinate this. Penthouse released. Yeah, uh, Bill. I'm going to be showing him uh, Salon King. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was actually directed by the same, same director who did Caligula, um, Tinto Brass. And um, I still haven't seen Salon Kitty. I'm looking forward to it. And Breaking my heart every second that passes, Bill, when I'm not watching it. But it's not in my mind or my eyelids. So I go, oh, Bill. <laughs> uh, Bill, you're a good man. We'll get it in when we do. No big. Yeah. No big Caligula started a very strange crush on Helen Mirren that's persisted there to this go. day, even though she's 73. Hey, 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 hey. You, you, you watch it, man. Helen Mirren, I love that woman to death. I die for her. She's, she's a treasure. She is a treasure. I would set myself on fire for Helen Mirren. Yes. <laughs> What about Richard Dawson? I'd no, set myself no. on fire for Richard Dawson, too. No, no, no. I, I, I would do it for Helen Mirren, not Richard Dawson. Oh, come on. I always enjoyed Richard Dawson, and he's, he's he always Alita looks like Klondike bar for Richard Dawson. What was that, Bill? I'll eat a Klondike bar for Richard Dawson. You better eat the whole fucking package, man. Deserves it. He can't be with us anymore, rest in peace. He he looks like he party. He tells looks like a dude who parties hard in all the characters he plays. I think he was a dude that partied hard, whether in character or not. He's a method actor. He needs to. I need Keith Moon and Ollie Reed partying like a fucking maniac. Oh yeah. I know. You can't you can't talk about the Running Man without bringing up American Gladiators, which is like the softcore version. I believe this, <laughs> yeah, spawned the American. This came first, I believe. Um, that was a show that you, you people could all you know they'd fucking slam people down. Now you talk about. I'm surprised there was never. I'm sure people got hurt and they just didn't hear the episodes because there was some heavy duty stuff on them Gladiators. Some of those falls were uh, pretty scary. Like yeah. during some of the during some of the events, yeah, they were they were pretty intense. I I saw some of those contestants take like a 50, 25, 50 foot drop, and it's like, uh, are they dead? <laughs> Only on the inside. Are they okay? <laughs> Did I just see a murder? <laughs> there were 
you know, that brings up, does anybody, I forgot the name of the show, but it almost felt like a live action for mixture of Mortal Kombat and American Gladiators. It was like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Ninja, Ninja Warriors? No, it wasn't Ninja Warrior, Jesse. It's like, this predates Ninja Warrior by like 20 years. Oh, wait, okay, hold on. It, it was literally like they had characters that were like cheap ripoffs of the Mortal Kombat characters. Ah, I remember were, this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like super cheesy. It was on, it was on like regular TV, like before even cable was the thing. It was on like Sunday mornings at seven o'clock. Like really? it was just. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I just, I didn't know what the fuck it's called. Yeah. I, I can't I think know. of the name. If anybody can think of the name before the end of the show, that'd be fucking great. Cause I'd love to look those up on YouTube. My phone's too far away. Yeah, no, I'm not going to Google it because that's that's futile if we don't have a name. But yeah, I remember that show. I was very Running Man esque too, but like ninjas. What year was it? Oh God, late '80s, early '90s. All right. Yeah, the Running Man itself is probably due for a reboot. Not that I support reboots, but a lot could be done with this nowadays. Actually, you want to know what's uh, funny that. there is a semi um, a a film uh, done by a group that I worked with, the Mahal Brothers. Oh yeah, they did a movie which, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do called Arena Wars, which yeah. is pretty much very similar to well, the same yeah, idea. Yeah, I mean, they've they've other people have done it. I mean, yeah, like I mean, far, I mean, almost, I mean, like yeah, a I bit, mean, like a. I'm sorry, Hog. So. Sorry, we're talking over each other, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is, the idea has always been played around. Where, I mean, it's actually yeah. a a kind a kind of similar to the uh, the uh, most dangerous game, where you have a guy who has you know people that he hunts for sport. Yeah. The only difference is that this is now being done in front of a video for millions upon millions of people to watch. So honestly, if you want to get technical, the idea can be, you know, go go back to the uh the most dangerous game, which was like 1935 when that came out. So this whole idea of people hurting people for either their own personal enjoyment or for uh enjoyment of the mass is is very common and has been done many times before. Mm-hmm. So even like you could say like Hunger Games almost kind of absolutely same mold, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah, surviving the game classic. Anybody that was a fantastic. Well, I mean, oh, man. I, mean, I, mean, I had to think of like almost stuff like Battle Royale, you know, like just um, you know, kind of pitting people against, you know, one another in certain situations. Yeah. It becomes a story of survival at the end of the day. It's a metaphor for life. She, no. she, look at this outfit. We should be rocking these outfits, dead kid style. Oh, yeah. Hawk is going to be in the yellow. All of us are in yellow. What are you talking about? Just for yeah, you, Billy. That's why we have different faces. <laughs> Fun tidbit. The yellow jumpsuit was actually a nod to Logan's run. Oh, very nice. Right. Mm-hmm. For those, for the uninitiated out in the audience, Logan's Run was a late 60s dystopian thriller 
that played out very similar to The Running Man. It was actually a direct inspiration for the story. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. he looks to be in, like, a wheelchair right now when he's in that thing. And uh, that would not be good for the film The Running Man. If he was in a <laughs> Those A-tracks turned into something else. I always like it in, in the movies when they take something you knew was obviously something else and they try and make it something futuristic. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, like like Star Trek was uh, the the kings of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like Richard Dawson in this. I gotta say, I mean, Richard Dawson, I mean, uh, I, I I believe that he's like so channeling Bob Barker in this, like a demented Bob Barker. Yeah, Bob Barker. No, 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 Bob, Bob Barker from. Bob Barker. Um, from, yeah, I know. Uh, I was fucking around. I had a joke that failed. You don't gonna make me fucking tell everybody <laughs> in the world that failed. Come on, No, I just learned a fun fact about this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the Running Man show, I guess, was based upon uh, the 1980s game show in Japan in Japan called Trans-American Ultra Quiz in which contestants were tortured in various ways. Is that the one with Guy LaDouche? Uh, no, that, says... was a, that was another bad joke. Guy LaDouche, <laughs> was like, he was on one that was big in like the early 2000s because there was a time when um, the show came back. I forget what it's called. I think like um, like one of like one of those like kind of edgier TV shows had it like an FX or something like that, <laughs> and uh, they would go through like relay courses, but they'd get all banged up and they'd make fun of them. I forget the name of it, MX or something. I don't know. MX something. <laughs> something, yeah, it was something crazy, but it was fun. It was like a craze for a little bit. Everybody was watching it. I remember one of the it would they would they'd take a show from Japan or whatever. And, and these people would kind of almost like ICP would do like strangle mania. They kind of talked over it. Like they were, you know, whoever, but uh, mm-hmm. they were like the commentators, but they would like say stupid things and make fun of them and stuff. But it was funny. Uh, James that. might remember MK. Uh, MK uh, someone listening will probably be like very mad at me for getting so close, but so far. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say that uh, the the shots of uh, Arnold going down that tube that sends him into the game, yeah. I mean that would be an awesome roller coaster. Right True. There. Hit up Six Flags; they might be down. Hey, Six Flags, you should do the Running Man ride. I am totally behind that on that. Yeah, I was totally our, thinking that too. Let's say call our brother Three Flags. Maybe they can help you out with something. <laughs> Three flag. No one to fuck with. Oh, that was James Brown made a cameo in the movie real quick. <laughs> uh, here comes uh, the last of uh, our three heroes trying to verify. The um, that kid got all fucked up. See, there's problems that happen when you don't wear your seatbelt, and mm. those people weren't wearing their safety belt. All right. Oh, so they were really going down that fast. Oh, yeah. They've been going down their whole life. They just finally got to the end on the show, unfortunately. It's like a demented cross between, like, Killer Clown, Smarter Space, and the bobsled ride. (laughs) It needs more colors, but yeah. Yeah, It's a bobsled ride down to hell. Has anybody ever seen the Death Row game show? It was like a weird, almost like Coen Brothers, quirky comedy, but like a horror comedy of, like... 
very weird. Yeah, I remember I got the VHS. And that's kind of <laughs> like the, that's like this too, where you're like, but it's more of a darker comedy of a thing. I think I just heard that's that. That's what I have Arnold. I never actually watched it. The, Arnold's salary is probably the budget of that entire film. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Remember who, uh, fucking Double Dare? Yeah. I love Double Dare. Oh, like, yeah. That always looked like fun. And then there was a, uh, like a game show on the Nickelodeon, I think it was. If, if you win, it had like this big spread that you could run through and and you, if you you slap the, the the color next to the thing, and then you run, it's like you kind of got to hit all the colors to get all the things you want type deal. That was good times. Not Legends much of the, the Hidden Temple, right? Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. That was that. What that was on my tongue. I was going to say that next, so maybe that's what it is. When you want, and there's, and there's Professor Toru Tanaka. That's yeah. my dude. Right yeah. That's odd job. That's my dude, man. He don't play around. Me and him got into a fucking fight with four guys at a bar once, right? And you? I, I, yeah, me and that dude. And I seen him fucking rip somebody's head off their shoulders. It looked like the <laughs> effects from The Thing. John Coppin is The Thing when the head head comes off the table, dude. I'm so happy. Fucking ripped the dude's head off and he threw in the lap of some fucking lady and she passed out. And then, then, then yeah. Matt came over and drank the blood out of the skull. And I ate the brains out of a skull. <laughs> yeah. <Good>. With a <laughs> nice Chianti. No Chianti. No oh, Chianti. Smart off vodka. It's a Dr. Jenkins. Oh, Think it is saying something, but I don't know if I should cross that line. Don't cross, cross that line. line. And then Maddie did. If it's about me, don't cross that line, Bill. He couldn't do in about 14 states. Yeah, no. Wait, it's illegal in 14 states? Illegal what did you 14? do? I had I, 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 I to sign documentation. I can't. <laughs> being caught with Bill I Coyne. I just signed the papers, man. Again, being found with Bill Coyne is illegal in 14 states. <laughs> if the police hey, pull you over. Uh, honest, honestly, officer, I have no idea how they had got my handbag. And I say well, that's I not my handbag. <laughs> Oh, talking about things being illegal in states. Finally, finally, guys, yeah. it is now illegal to have bestiality in fifty states. I think there's only like one or two that's still legal, but we're oh, getting wait. there. Wait, 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 wait. The uh, uh, one I don't want to guess, Hawk. Wait. If you want to be a fan, no, no, of hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Let's see. One of the uh, places where bestiality is still uh, illegal. Hmm, that's a good idea. So legal. Oh, this so is what legal. LeMond's coming so in on. Look at the expression on this post. In Hawkville, USA. <laughs> this is what happens yeah. when you leave, James. <laughs> I go to get one bowl of soup and we're fucking animals. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. Animals need love, too. They get enough love. Shut they up. get enough yeah. love from their own species, Hawk. Jesus, hey, fuck. We were talking about guar and everything, and you know they sing a song about it, too. And I'm fucking an animal. <laughs> Now, now, before we were talking about, you know, um, violent sports, uh, hockey being one of them, and this is what we call death hockey. This is death hockey. Yes. That's the reason why I watch hockey. This is not so cool runnings right there. Not Mm. so cool runnings. (laughs) Well, so so if if he beats them to death with the – the hockey stick, is that high sticking? Oh, yeah. Or is that a face off? 
Why not I'm, both? I'm, try, I'm trying to get the terminology correct. <laughs> I'm here for hockey puns. I like it. It's nice. We're doing doing a show. No, no, no. We're here for hockey puns. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they're, they're playing around with the hockey puck right now. At least it's not like uh, horse pucky instead. Horse pucky. Horse pucky. That'll be just, you know, full of just manure. <laughs> I thought somebody was getting a step stool and going for the gold, man. Holy shit. <laughs> Ooh. I always like the sequence. It's like hyper violent. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, no. Well, I mean, I mean, it is like, you know, like death hockey. And, and I mean, hockey, hockey probably, I mean, I think hockey is probably even more violent than football. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. She allowed fighting is more a lot. Like they allow fight. I don't know if they do anymore, but fighting used to be like part of the show with hockey. Oh no, it's still really fighting. You can't really fight in football. This is this would have been perfect. He could have said, "Revenge is a dish best served cold." Go, <laughs> Bill. Sorry, this isn't quite Mister Freeze Arnie just yet. No, I see. I seen footage. Of you know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Oh God. This line's in that movie. Oh, so fucking cheesy. Yeah, I see, like, I see people get their throat like cut in fucking hockey, like in uh, blooper rails with people getting fucked up. Yeah, uh, it's happened been a couple times, I think. Yeah. Catching a stray freaking skate to the neck. I love blood on ice. It looks so cool. It does. Yeah, that's the new uh, Disney's on ice um, <laughs> tour that they're doing. Blood yes. on ice. With, with Ariel and Mulan. <laughs> that's the Mighty Ducks remake on Hulu. I like it. Since they're going, since like Turbo Horror over there lately. The Mighty Ducks are making a comeback. It's an underdog story of that guy getting cleaned off of the drugs. So that warrants a reboot. Wait, the no, guy in the glasses? They, yeah, Goldberg was it? Yeah, he's all yeah. clean. I don't know, he could be back in the bad now, but he was clean for a little bit. But didn't they try and reboot the Mighty Ducks already? They did. Yeah. yeah. It didn't was go that, well. Was he a part of it or no? I'm not sure. I didn't watch it. Hey, hey the <laughs> only real question is if Emilio Estevez came back. He was. Yeah, he was back. Yeah, he was, he was back. Yeah. They couldn't afford any of the kids. A lot yeah, of those because they, got, they they requested more money than Emilio. Half of them kids got reasonably famous and did other things. Yeah, I don't think Joshua Jackson would have touched you with a 10-foot pole. I liked him back when he was popping, dude. I, I haven't seen him in fucking like 20 years. He he's a, he did he did some really good horror stuff, too. Yeah, but wasn't like, he in like Urban Harvest or like one of those like... I was way back. Uh, like 90s slasher. Thing. Yeah, he was, he was in that. Valentine, but it was like one of those types of movies. Urban he Legends? In, he was in Urban Legend? Urban Legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was in Cursed. Know. He was in Cursed with West Craven. Cursed, yeah. He always reminded me of like a Devin Sawa, you know. Kind yeah, of, yeah. Kind of yeah. And Josh Hartnett was of that elk. He was around that era. I always appreciated Josh Hartnett. I think Josh Hartnett actually went on to do higher caliber shit than them, though. Like, as far as like the work, the actual work goes, 
Yeah. Like between 30 Days a Night and Sin City, like, that's true. We just had some awesome work. Yeah, Sin City's a great fucking name. I'm a big 30 Days a Night fan, too. Yeah. Very good one, too. I like the vampires in 30 Days a Night. Like, their fangs make me happy. They're fun. (laughs) It's just different. Oh, It's not that different. They did that all the way back in 85 in front. The double? Oh, mouth. She looks like a chainsaw in Fright Night. Um, Uh, I think one of my favorite iterations of the vampire mouth and opening up was probably on Blade 2. Yeah, with the Pomeranians. That was Trinity. Oh, that was Trinity. Pomeranian was Trinity. Yeah. He's Triple talking H. about the Reapers. Triple H will be in the running uh, running person reboot. That's it. <laughs> right there. He's the running person. Well, it seems like they've been trying to have, they've had like a running man in development hell Excuse me, Bill. Like for almost 15 years. Bill, yeah, they running have. Person, running person, Bill. I know this is new. <laughs> trying to be politically Running correct. person, running man, who knows? Who, you know. Well, all I have to say is that after seeing uh, the... Uh, introduction of Dynamo, I definitely believe he's a, a running person because one does not know which gender he uh, he, he, he believes uh, he, he he's in tune with. <laughs> all Dynamo, all Dynamo, yeah. All Dynamo knows is his name is Buck and he likes to fuck. <laughs> and yeah. He doesn't know why he's here. He just knows he needs to kill. And he's, and he's still played by Robert England. Yeah, there's that too. Personally, if we're gonna do like a woke reboot, reboot or something, I want to see like I want to see it called something just fucking ridiculous, like running non-binary, gender-neutral lawnmower. <laughs> the ABC Club. Here we go. Uh oh, they're sending sending down the 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 uh, love interest of the sh- uh, story now down the tube to That's join what our hero. That's what happens. That's how they get you. You see, a guy comes. He like kidnaps you. He threatens your life, but you know you find out that he's actually a misunderstood guy. So you try to help him out, and this is the things you get. You get thrown into a death scenario on live TV. See yeah. that 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 should be a lesson to all all women out there. Be careful of the guys that you try to help out because you might also be on the running line. Strangers, people. I just think that the lesson we all need to take away from this is: if you are a woman, do not help Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he has a bad record of bringing women down and and threatening their lives, and and uh, that's not right. Bro, I mean, Seriously though, seriously though, just run the gamut all the way from Conan the Barbarian. The chicks just haven't worked, haven't had it work out for him, man. Like, I want to see him and Carl Weathers together. Carl Weathers would be his wingman; he would be the one saving him. Maybe didn't we see that? That was Predator. <laughs> yeah, bring Dylan back instead of a chick. It can be him and Dylan. <laughs> They'd fuck shit up. I don't think the ending of the movie would quite work out the same, considering they kiss and shit. But. No, they just walk <laughs> off in different, different directions with the sun, you know, 
after some explosion with the sun coming up and, you know, giant whales jumping out of the water and, you know, all that mystical. There you well, go. Well, well, you have to understand, um, <laughs> with, with two guys, it's not a romantic kiss, but it's, you know, you grab each other hand and do a little bit of an arm wrestle. That's, that's the equivalent. He led you son of a bitch. Yes, yes. Right Ooh. there. He almost blasted her, man. That ain't gonna work. I think that's a I common... I think that's a common mistake for him, but usually it ha- ends up with the nanny. Ah. Wow. Uh-huh. It's true. Well, I will be canceling that Boombasticast interview coming up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now I'm thinking about it. If they did the reboot, get Fran Drescher. Why you not? Know. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> Best voice ever. <laughs> she still looks amazing. Yes. See, as he's now, I think, ahead of SAG, or like, see, he's like a high high position in the SAG uh, now. I said go. something about that. Well, all I got to know, all I want to know is, or all I want to say about it is, I got to agree with Coin. 10 out of 10 would absolutely still. Absolutely. She is gorgeous. I mean, she's a good-looking woman. I mean, she has an, a very unique voice, but at, she ages like a fi- fine wine, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I've met people that have had, had some really weird, fucked-up voices. So I can't say it's just her. It's a gambit of people. She played it up as a character, though. That but wasn't she had all. To. And she, yeah, and yeah. she made it work. But, I mean, she... I I don't know what anyone's saying. I think she has. I think she has a a perfectly great voice. I love it. Okay. Each their own. Okay. Some people that you know have what they have to work with, and you know they make it work, whether it's for a character or whatever. It's just really memorable and very memorable. I mean that show. The nanny. It has a cult following. You can't say it doesn't. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. But the nanny, of course. Yeah. She was in Dr. Detroit, too, one of the greatest comedies ever made. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, homie. And Cadillac Man with uh, Robin Williams. Love that movie. That's a very good movie. I haven't seen it. Bill Mm -hmm. Mosley, I think, is also in Cadillac Man. I love Bill Mosley. There's a small little role in there, I believe. I've actually been listening to uh, Charlie Band's uh, podcast, and uh, I'm getting some really interesting people. Uh, Rob Zombie's coming on next. He just had uh, you working for him? Eli Roth on, and uh, <laughs> Bill Lustig, and uh, yeah, Mosley was in there. His first one. Oh, was can on. you get them on this podcast? I'm yes. down. <laughs> Look at that guy! How angry he was on the motorcycle, you Bill. You said I'm riding this motorcycle with the with the big fucking chainsaw. Bill's not talking about me. Chainsaw <laughs> motorcycles from hell. You know what? It's I'm, got a Mandy vibe to it. All this. That's crazy. what I was about to say, Matt. I, I think Panos yeah. Cosmatos got really influenced by a lot of things from Mandy for this because the lighting mm-hmm. and everything. It feels it's got that vibe. So I Maybe the his father produced it. His father was like a big '90s producer, I believe '80s '90s producer. Yeah, he was. But this looks like now that I'm looking at it again with, they, with that in my mind as you yeah. just said it, yeah. Like this, even the motorcycles and just like the look of the motorcycle gang, 
and, and uh, Mandy, like, there might have been some heavy running man inspiration there, which makes sense because, like, it's the same, like, not the same story, but one man against impossible odds kind of feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this was George Cosmo. Uh, his name, last name is Cosmodus. Um, he was the producer on it? Yeah, I know, because he, he did, I, th- I think he did Silverado, George Cosmodus. He did a few big, big blockbuster action. Yeah, movies. and he also did one of the aquatic movies of like '89. I don't know if it was Deep Star Six or Leviathan. I, he, I, he directed one of those. Yeah. Deep Star Six is a lost gem. I love Deep Star Six. So it's a great flick. Great cast. Great creatures. If I'm not mistaken, uh, that was Sean Cunningham that produced Deep Star Six. Though. Yeah, Sean Cunningham did Deep was, Star Six. Yeah. It might have been Leviathan that George Cosmatos directed. Makes more sense. Yeah, it was. That was Stan Winston that, that did that in that story spot. I have to say, I'm a big Leviathan fan. Really love that movie. Mm-hmm. Leviathan was on Sci Fi, right? With like the giant snake? No. No. No, no that's Anaconda. No. No, I believe Leviathan, if I remember correctly. It's Robocop, Peter Weller. Um, yeah, Stan Winston did the effects on it, but if yeah, I remember correctly, I remember. I, it's I about remember. You know, they go on to some like uh, submarine and there was like some, they scuttled their own ship. There was some military secret and Daniel Stern basically drank something and his genetics basically start fiddling and start turning into like weird sea creatures. You know? oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen yeah. that. Yeah, I'm sorry. If I remember correctly, it was very, when you see the creature, it was very dark. But I, I, I seen in like a Stan Winston book or something. Ernie Hudson, he was, I was in dark. I seen like the actual sketches of what it was supposed to look like or what it looked like uh, on set, and it was really fucking scary looking. But I don't remember it ever looking that good in the movie. No, but the way he, he, he did direct, he directed it. it. Yeah, his it father was, directed. Yeah, his father directed Leviathan and Cobra and Rambo two. Mm. Wow! Whoa! This is so Mandy. This shot. It too. Yeah, and also with a chainsaw. So I mean, come on. This yeah, this, chainsaw this, fight. Guys, I mean, it's got heavy influence. Yeah, I think Panos is wearing his influence on his sleeve right there. I mean, it's pretty obvious. See, we gotta get the director and ask him about that. I'll call him up. Yeah. I'll get, Pana, I'll get Panos on the horn right, horn right Ooh, now. That's going where the sun don't he listens, shine. He listens to every Dead Kids episode. Oh, that's I rude. Picture off. Yeah. Ooh. Like they're all that's making, the oh, wow. Because he's fucking getting his guts sawed out. That makes sense. I like it. Yeah, he's getting his guts sawed out via his dick. <laughs> For people that love murder and mayhem, they couldn't handle that little chainsaw death. Really? Pussies. What a world. Wow, I like the beginning part too. There was a diesel headshot. We were just talking, so I couldn't point yeah, it out. Yeah, no worries. I like his outfit better than the yellow outfits. He's in a fucking ATM. She's about to rob him. 
<laughs> Looks like a Christmas tray. Boom. It's the uh, right there. Is, that's the pride of uh, 1987 technology in, in yeah. special effects. It's like a pong game. I was about to say it looked like a game, yeah. Boom. Electrifying. He looks shocked. I love the old electric, electric effects. <laughs> yes, it looks I like have... a scene from Tron. Yeah. I know. It I'm does. It, actually, the between the outfits and that superimposed electricity. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like just like that heavy, like dark vibe with all the lights popping. Like, yeah, it's like okay. Um... I mean, if this is the '80s and that was like superimposed lightning, then. I would not be surprised if Kevin Kuchaver did those effects. He was like the lightning guy. Always did all, everything. Uh, Ghostbusters, Troll. Um, always doing lightning optical effects. Oh, hey, he was running again. It's the power of the 80s right there. Well, they would have someone that was on the same set as Ghostbusters working on Troll. Because <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't be like further apart. <laughs> Oh, I know, but it's amazing, like, optically, just, like, you know, what people were doing, especially, like, with almost, like, a rotoscope. But, like, when you have, when you were doing, like, electricity, making it shoot from point A to point B, um, you know, I mean, it was a chemical process back then. I mean, it was all, you know, optics. And yeah. it, it, whoever was doing it the best would do it for everything. And Kevin Kuchavers really had, I mean, he was just the lightning guy. What he was known for, you know, one of the producers, George Linder, sold his company, which was Quadra Wheelchairs, uh, to finance the running men. Have fun at Spooky World. Thank you. Thank you for the roast. Well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) The audience, as long as it's not the tuba. <laughs> Everybody just gave up on the show, Bill. They just turned off the fucking impress pause. It's over. <laughs> uh, you know that part kind of reminded me of the vehicle from uh, Back to the Future, like the like the front part. Oh yeah, that like futuristic car I felt was used in fucking like a hundred movies. Yeah, probably TV shows. It's just cool to see like all the little things that they probably took to make this. You know, they just put it in a little parking garage, and when they need a futuristic car, they get a call and they drive it down to the set. Like, okay, here it is. <laughs> it's already done. Here you go. That's actually Film not. Cor- huh? I was about to say that's actually probably exactly how that went down. Yeah. The film's choreographer was Paul Abdul. Maybe you guys might have heard of her. Really? I Straight up so. now, tell me. Not surprised. Me, rapper. But no, uh, uh, don't know. Uh, Have no idea who Paul Abdul is. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm gonna get you. Dancing with cartoon cats. Showing my fucking age right there. Jesus Christ. Uh his buddy's dying. That's what happens. See, rule number one, if you're a buddy of Arnold's in the movie, you're going to end up dead. 
Only Arnold and, and, and the girl can survive in these movies. Exactly. Like, like, don't fuck around. You won't find out. Like, you just see Arnie, just be like, I'm out. I don't know you. Not finding out today. Schwarzenegger didn't, didn't like the idea that uh, Paul Michael Glazer was directing because he came into it late, like a last minute hire. And he says that he, did, he didn't have enough time that James Cameron had to create the world of uh, Terminator. Hmm. So he held it against him. Weird. Well, that sucks. I feel like comparing... He blamed him for the, when this wasn't his biggest predator, he probably blamed him for that. He probably got beef. I don't think it's very fair to compare a lot of things to the care that James Cameron put in the Terminator. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Cameron Plus, was developing the Terminator for like four years. Forever. <laughs> Plus also the fact is that, you know, it's you can't really compare the Terminator or the Predator to to the running man. It's a different entity. I mean it's and I think the running man is great for what it is. It is a fun action, you know, dystopian future sci fi film. I mean, the thing about it is, especially in the 80s when everybody was just really, really just wanted some really superficial entertainment, there's a lot more to think about in this than, say, your Terminator or your Predator or something like that. That wasn't really what the 80s was looking for, for the most part. They were looking for Thrill Me. And that's it. Just throw Good me. guy. Kill bad guy. Yay. And that's it. The, the, uh, every single one of those movies is kind of like Marvel these days. Every single one of those movies has the same fucking plot. Every movie in these had the same fucking plot. And you had five guys total starring in all of them. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's more to chew on with, like, this and, like, something like RoboCop. There's more going on than just bad guy kill good guy kills bad guy. Yeah. But so I appreciate the storytelling of the running man a hell of a lot more than I do a Terminator or at least Terminator one. Terminator two is a whole other bag of cats. Yeah. But Terminator yeah. one, Predator, like even Conan, like a lot of Arnold's early stuff. Like there's not much to think about there. And a lot of but so if you really think of and look at Arnold's career when it comes to as an actor. You know, Dino De Laurentiis played a big part in this. And I think a lot of people, you know, think of Dino as, you know, kind of a producer that was always, you know, for kind of the foreign costs and stuff like that, you know, as a filmmaker. But, Mm. you know, he introduced, you know, some people, you know, to the world. And I think, I feel Schwarzenegger is probably the biggest name that, you know, he acknowledge you know bring bring you know having them come to the states and uh you know even that second conan movie might not be might not have been as popular it's still globally was a success and you know just kind of this nexus point or stone in his life where the pattern was starting to fall into place with him coming into more film production stuff as an actor because I mean he had been you know Mr. Universe and you know doing all that stuff in the 70s and 80s and 
you know, but when he when he came to Hollywood, I mean, I think a lot of people just liked his charisma. They liked to see what this guy is capable of. I mean, I'm not expecting Shakespeare, but, you know, this guy has action, you know. There's, you know, and you look at the era, you had like the Bruce Willis's, and, you know, kind of the Stallones, and, you know, he definitely fit in that pantheon of action stars. Actually, actually, it's funny because you brought up Shakespeare. Arnold technically did do Shakespeare in one movie. Well, I mean, yeah. Last Action Hero. I, I Last Action know. Hero, he played Hamlet. He I did. just had to throw that out there. I'm sorry, he did. dude. He's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, be. <laughs> he's versatile. <laughs> oh, no. His take on Hamlet was terrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I disagree with you, James. I think his take on Hamlet was perfect. It was awesome. <laughs> he's my favorite Hamlet. Or not to be. <laughs> not to be. Boom. <laughs> Arnold. Wasn't there even something in the commercial where it was like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is Hamlet? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hilarious. You have the kid in, in, in class, and they're talking about Hamlet, and he goes into a daydream about Arnold as Hamlet. I'm sorry. I think that was one of the best parts in that movie. I've always wanted that uh, cardboard cut out of Stallone as Terminator. In, in, the, in the rental store. Yes. Hell yeah. He's the best in this. I love that part. Last Action Hero was so ahead of its time. It was. Actually, you know what's funny? I got a, ch- a chance to work with Angie Everhart. She was the the uh, girl at the video store in Last Action Hero. Yeah. The very, yeah. very good-looking one. Yeah, no, she was in um, uh, Bordello of the Blood, too, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Was she in one of the Seagal films? Could yes. Be. Yes, she was. I can't remember the name of which one it was, but she was in a It wasn't film. the first Under Siege. No, no was, it was not uh, Under Siege. What was I that? thought Eric was too, but it's not. Uh, who gets out of the cake? It's not, that's not her. No. Not her at all, man. Um, now, James Cameron was never set to direct this. You know what I mean? But uh, to go with what we were saying before, George P. Cosmatos was in talks to direct this at one point because of uh. Rambo 2. Director Carl Schenekel of Out of Order and Ferdinand Fairfax of Savage Islands uh, and uh, Andrew Davis of Code of Silence. Those people were all done in it, but it went to uh, Glazer. No, Miami Vice with Cohen. Huh? Andrew Davis. Andrew Davis, your boy. Yeah, he uh he also was the DP on Mansion of the Doomed, um, made by Charlie. And then he disappeared forever. Never to be found again. He said it's come to this. I'm working with Charlie. Yeah, then he went on to do Under Siege and Under Siege too. As well, I enjoy the Under Siege. I love those movies. I think they were really fun. I like the second one just as much as the first. Both one. of them are pretty good. Yeah, it's probably one of the best things that Seagal's ever done. Who can? I, I I personally I fucking hate Steven Seagal, so I a can't. A lot of agree. people hate. A lot of people hate Seagal on the cast. We've had two or three people actually tell some bad stories about. Yeah, Seagal. I mean, he's I difficult. 
I think the, my, the funniest thing I ever heard was when William Forsythe said, uh, yeah, Alfred Justice just, just should have been called Alfarigo. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like a weird dude. He always He's always been a fucking weird dude. Ooh, that's a nice one. I like that shot. Horrifying. That's going into that skull. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Seagal's always always been like a weird dude. Even when he was like popping, he came off really weird. I really like the cinematography in this movie. I mean, it, it's it's very <laughs> that, um... well. It's great. It's got a lot of. I mean, yeah, the color is beautiful. You know, with it, with his father being involved, uh, I wonder if maybe the father re- did a did a rewrite because he was the director and dipped into it, and maybe that scene was the only thing of the fathers that made it into the movie, and because of that he wanted to kind of pay tribute or something. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. This this was taken out of Ghostbusters. I mean, there are some shots, it almost feels like it's almost like out of a Bob movie. Just, you know... Oh, yeah, no, the lighting, that... that, The lighting, yeah, the the lighting. Some of the composition of the way some of the shots are set up, it almost feels Baba-esque. I agree with that. It's shot like a horror movie. It's got a horror vibe, even though it's not horror content. It's not, but it does have like almost like a giallo flavor too. Well, it does have giallo for sure. Argento, Baba. Oh, don't get Ooh. too close with the flare on the crotch. Damn. Damn. You don't even have any in that hurt. He's the first guy I ever saw that actually had hot pants. (laughs) Almost. Almost. I'm sorry, I gotta get my puns in. I need it. (laughs) That's why I'm here. I am the pun master. Just reading reading James Balsamo pun books. That's all you're doing over there. That was was the worst case of gonorrhea I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Gonorrhea, cha-cha-cha. Worse than Planet Terror? It's pretty bad. Planet Terror is pretty rough, yeah. With the balls? That was Quentin Tarantino, right? My my boy QT, yeah. My boy QT had a problem. (laughs) That's for sure. Funny how you say that, because you were mentioning, like, you know... The uh, the names. I think with the one that always stuck with me the most was and Nicholas Cage as Fu Manchu. Oh God, that part, I love that. That got the biggest laugh in the theater when I actually saw Grindhouse. I mean, th- those trailers were fucking hysterical, man. So good. Probably the best part of going to see it originally in the theater was the trailers. Yeah. When they first came out on home video, they were separate. And they didn't have the trailers. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, now I have been lucky enough to actually pick up a copy of the original full double feature and with all the trailers and all the all of that glory that was involved there. I mean, I love how Machete was actually made into a real movie and Eli Roth for like um, 15 years and saying he wanted to make uh, – Thanksgiving, yeah, you know, here in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, got scavenger hunt for a while here, too. That never came about. But I, I love that don't trailer. Don't. Don't, don't, don't. What was it Thanksgiving or what was it? Or just Thanksgiving? It was Thanksgiving. I yeah, was, I think it was just Thanksgiving. There was like a terrible Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, Thanksgiving was the killer fucking um, turkey puppet. That. 
Eli Roth that making that movie probably would have been a good decision because that fucking everybody loved that. That was like the trailer. At least to talk around my circles, that was like the best trailer of the whole fucking of all of them. I even like Zombies trailer for like werewolf woman of the SS. <laughs> I liked it, but I wouldn't want to see a full movie of it. Just like what's his name, the Shaun of the Dead dude. I appreciated his a lot too, but I you know don't. Don't. Yeah, don't. That was a little too much. And then uh, there was Thanksgiving, and there was another one, wasn't there? Machete. Machete. Machete was one of them? Yeah. Yeah. Machete was the first one. Word up. Word up. Iron Mahobo with a shotgun was a trailer. Like, for that, for Grindhouse originally, like, it won some, I don't know how it got there, but it got that. And then that eventually got the budget and became a little new age cult classic. I love Hobo with a Shotgun so much. Classic film, yeah. I love that movie. Rest in peace, Rutger Howard. Fantastic yeah, swan song for the man. That that it is. Seriously, such a such a good movie. That's a such damn good actor. Exactly, and he deserved to go out on a note that was deserving of him. And I think Hobo with a Shotgun. Was that note? I love uh, Split Second. Oh my God! Such That's a good like, movie. Uh-huh. I I have to say I will always love Lady Hawk. I I think it's by far one it's of the a, best films ever. And Rutger Hauer, I mean, he was awesome in that film. Yeah, he he there's no he could have been in this movie, Rutger Hauer. He wanted too much money. <laughs> Probably. At the time, he could charge it. Yeah, The Hitcher is another great one I loved with him. Mm-hmm. Hitcher is a classic, dude. I love The Hitcher. Oh, yeah. That's a favorite. Oh, he's angry now. Oh, and the fucking ah. nostrils. That's tough. Jesse Ventura is a dirty fighter. In the nose. So I'm saying some of the stuff in this movie, man, hyper, hyper violent nostrils, exploding testicles, like brutal. Ooh. Hair pulling the hair out. And they don't technically oh. show a lot either, which is nice. Just like in Predator, they had to do like a, a switch up with the height thing because Schwarzenegger was like fucking super small compared to Jesse Ventura on both movies. Even Stallone's pretty short. A lot of a lot of fucking people are really short. You know what I mean? It's not common for people to be tall in, in the in the arts. You know what I mean? Hmm. There are oh, oh not... Paul Arnold, he got penetrated. <laughs> oh, Hawk. From my experience, if you're five or eleven or taller and you're an actor, you're a goddamn giant. Yeah. In comparison yeah. to everybody else on set, most most of them are real small kids, if you will. Like I feel like I I feel like a giant standing next to most of my actors, and I'm only six foot one. So, hey, I I gotta say I was on a film recently with uh, Robin Mukes, and that guy is huge. Yeah, he's fucking yeah, massive. He's, he's like six five. Yeah, he's tall. Yeah. <laughs> He maybe even more than six five because when I stood next to him, I looked up to him, and I'm six four. He might be pushing even seven. Seven. What I remember was fucking gigantic, huge, huge, huge dude. Yeah, no, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. 
big and big. And... Uh, he could have been a running man. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Arnold himself is only like six two, six three. Yeah. And he looks like a goddamn Leviathan compared to most of the people in this movies. I know. You kind of wonder how small those other people really are. Cause it's like, uh, he's jacked up. He's got a good build to him. I mean, if you got, they probably cast scrawnier people. So he looks better. I mean, there's probably a little bit of film trickery in there too. Like they might be adding a couple of inches in his shoes. Yeah. Know? That's, I mean, that goes all the way back to like the thirties and forties with people yeah. like Rondo Hatton. He was only like five, five, but to play the creeper, they had to put him in, shoes and bulk them up and yeah you know usually kill someone smaller than you that's what you that's how it usually is you usually you're trying to look more big and imposing they might suit you up put some heels on you all right go to town choke them to death and action yeah look at that right out of kindergarten cop right there yeah kurt fuller's in there speaking of creeper he's creep everything that dude does he's been creeping it up the sleaze character. character. Kurt Fuller, I think, was so fucking funny in That's My Bush as Dick Cheney. Good show, good show. And it's Chris South Park who also did that show. Yeah. Just actually listening to the Book of Mormon earlier today. Well, you know. Ben Richards appreciates the Book of Mormon. He gets down with it. He's oh, in a he's, he's in a way Mormon. happier mood. Huh? I thought he said something else, like a name, and I'm like, wait, a ben book Richards, of Mormon? Yeah. Oh, the Book of Mormon. No, no, it is it, the Book of Norman. <laughs> Norman. <laughs> Norman Rocha. <laughs> Hello. Well. I'd like to speak to you about this book of Norman. <laughs> <laughs> I'd Hello. watch it. I'd watch it. Ten ten. Absolutely. More dancers. Well, if, if 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 they have dancers like this, I'll watch it too. That's what I'm saying. It's the book of Norm McDonald in the future. I'm telling you, one day one of these days, man, like we're gonna be on set hawk. We're just gonna go out and pick up chicks. <laughs> I feel like we have a very similar mentality on this. Hey, I'm I'm down, but uh, I I haven't had that much luck. Uh, they they haven't realized how great I am yet. You know, I keep on telling them, but they don't believe me. They threaten. know, they know. You gotta threaten it's them. Been hard to get. You know, you threaten them. I'm kidding. You don't threaten them. Don't threaten them at all. Now you see, there's my boy Richard Dawkins doing it big. The true hero of the movie, I feel. Yeah. So, you know, he he said his one stipulation for doing this movie is that he refused to curse. He didn't want to curse in the film. Hmm. God damn it, Jesse. And him and uh, him <laughs> and Arnold. Sorry, man. Uh, yeah, you to be careful. Him and Arnold are close friends in real life, even though they play not so close friends here. <laughs> Killian is lying to you. This is a very they live type moment. I love that. Facade <laughs> is being broken. This movie kind of gives me the same feeling of they live, actually. It has. Yeah, that. no, like, it has that. Is. Yep, definitely. That yeah. social commentary vibe. Yeah. 
87. It wasn't 87 the yeah, year yeah. they live, I think? 88. 88, yeah. yeah. See, we got to start making movies like these again, you know? Dealing with so- social commentary, you know? R- ripping away the facade of 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 civilization. Show the deep, dark underbelly that we live with. I don't like that anymore. <laughs> They didn't yeah. like it then either, if we're being honest. That's why they masked it with, like, <laughs> monsters and shit. Most of those movies, I mean, The Running Man, They Live, even RoboCops on the lower end of the spectrum as, like, box office numbers go compared to most 80s action movies. RoboCop really found its life in home video. Um, Yeah, people don't like cutting social commentary as much as they want to pretend they do on Twitter. They they don't like it in their movies. They don't they don't like it. Look at look at nowadays with like the quote unquote woke movies that people claim are so like in front. They don't make the same money that the the usual straight ahead don't talk about that kind of thing movies do. Well, people don't actually like it. <laughs> well, here's the thing I find interesting is that you got like. Um, you got the uh, the, the She Hulk TV series that came out. You got like uh, another another movie, a uh, 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 gay romantic comedy. And the thing is that you know they're not making the same numbers as let's say Guardians of the Galaxy and all that. And it's like, well, I mean, it's not appealing. It's appealing to a, a specific demographic. You're not going to be pulling in the same numbers. I mean, <laughs> you should know that. It's basic. I mean, I'm not. I'm just saying it objectively. I'm not knocking it or anything. I actually really enjoyed the She-Hulk series. I thought it was, I, so far from what I've seen, I'm only like five episodes in, but I really enjoy it. But when you're gonna narrow your audience into that into that kind of like bottleneck of this is who we're making this movie for, you can't expect the people that aren't either part of that community or in that or have a vested interest in that kind of entertainment to go out and support it. It's like people ask all the time, why do people don't don't go to WNBA games? Got me, man. Am I supposed to go to the WNBA game? <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense. Well, well, I mean the thing that uh, it pisses me off is when the creators are like, you know, well, you know, we're not doing so well because it's, you know, these uh misogynist men or whatever like not going to watch our TV series that's why it's failing and it's like well I mean to be perfectly honest I mean taking the She-Hulk TV series as it is I mean all the guys you make as you know villains are assholes and I mean I I watched the first two episodes I didn't find it funny I stopped the thing is, I'm not going to waste my time watching something I don't enjoy. So you know, there it is. Yep. I'm just gonna give it a chance. That's all. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I did. I gave yeah, it two episodes. If it's not your that's cup of tea, you that's own. it. You did yeah. your part. But you but here's part. the thing. I always love they like you know you know if if you don't watch this then you know you're anti uh, anti woman or something like that. It's like no, yeah, I hate that shit so much. It's so. Oh my god, it makes me so mad because it's like, no, it doesn't make you any of these things. They're no. they're just putting words in our mouths. That's all they're fucking bullying. doing. Yeah. Guilt bullying. Guilt is not an effective marketing tactic. 
<laughs> yeah. Plain and simple. No. Guilt is not an effective marketing tactic. If you're going to try and guilt people into watching your show, well, you're just begging for yourself to get review bombed at yeah. that point. Like, what, what else do you expect people to do? If you immediately put people on the defensive about your show, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to bite back in yeah. the only way they have. And the only way most people have is to go on review sites like Rotten Tomatoes or whatever and just say, yeah, this fucking sucked. And they wonder why She-Hulk's sitting at a 45% right now or whatever it is. I yeah. think that's, I think I'm not too far off on that, but no, I agree with you, Alex, whether I enjoy something or don't like, don't sit there and tell me I'm a piece of shit because I didn't enjoy your show. Exactly. It doesn't make any yeah. fucking sense. I personally think that it's cheap, cheesy, and just riding a trend to even try to present your entertainment in that light. Just say, look, I made this thing. Don't put any political agenda behind it. Just say, hey, I made this thing. If you dig it, cool. If you don't, you don't. I feel like you're going to get a hell of a lot more people to listen to your message if you don't beat them over the head with the message before they even got to sit down and watch your show. Yeah. You it should be saying? subtle. It shouldn't be in your face. It should be subtle. Yeah. If, if you're able to do that. I mean, I can't stand it when people want to make a horror movie or like a revenge fantasy and really have social commentary in the forefront. It's like you almost get taken out of it because you're dealing with more politics than anything else. It's like, at the end of the day, if you're watching a movie, I want to be entertained. You know, I want to see stuff explode. I want to see fights. You know, I mean, I don't want to, it, it doesn't have to be like we're in the president's office for like 90 minutes talking about shit because it's a balancing act. And when you want to watch a movie, you want to be entertained at the end of the day. If I, I'm, I might as well go to the theater and watch my dinner with Andre, you know, if I want that, or if I want to watch like a canon movie and watch stuff, you know, explode and, you know, have subtle commentary, you know, in the background. But, you know, some people, you know, will put politics in the forefront when it's like, dude, I want to be entertained. I don't want, if I want to learn this, then, you know, I'll, I'll watch CNN or whatever. Well, to bring it, to bring it back to what we're talking about, the the reason that the running man and they live and RoboCop all worked so well with that kind of social commentary is because it was subtext. Yeah. It wasn't the surface narrative. The minute you put your message above your narrative, you fucked yourself. Plain and simple. As a writer, as a storyteller, if your messaging is getting in in the way of you telling a good story, you fucked up. You're a bad storyteller. Plain and simple. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of bad storytellers out there in the world right now that can't get out of the way of themselves and just make a good fucking movie. I think that every storyteller should have Arnold Schwarzenegger. He can help you tell your story. Fuck yeah, dude. I completely agree with that. I would fire my whole cast twice, no offense, Alex, if, if I could get Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, so you're saying that if Arnold came and says, hey, James, I'll be in your movie, but you have to have me play Thomas and get rid of that Alex Hawk uh, asshole. You're like, yeah, okay, he's gone. <laughs> We'd find you a perfectly acceptable other role, Alex. I'd write you a whole new one. <laughs> I all promise. Country bogey and pop. All of a sudden, I show up in one scene as a grave digger. 
Hey guys, how you doing? I'm digging up bodies. I'm digging myself up a date. How you guys doing? I wouldn't even change your name. He'd be Alex the Gravedigger. Yeah. <laughs> His worst name's to be called. Like Alex. Captain Freedom. A- Alex Graves, a.k.a. the Digger. You dig it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I could I could never call a character Alex Graves. That sounds like somebody that belongs in the Misfits or some shit. Like, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. That really does that. sound like it belongs in the Misfits. Yeah, I can't. Do Mike that. Graves. Yeah, they got Michael, Michael Graves in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the, the the film comes to an end. You know what I mean? We were running around so much with different things special for the Running Man this evening. That's why we wanted to, we, we planned on going off in all these different directions. You know what I mean? We knew it was planned. Don't, anybody out there listening, don't think that we did it by mistake or that it just happened. No, we, we trained for this for the last couple of weeks. We said, you know what? Let's fucking really, let's run away in different directions with different things. We trained to sound like Arnold. We all spend years perfecting our Arnold's uh, impersonations. And I just fucked it up. <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry, we'll be back. Get your ass to go to Mars. <laughs> get your ass to Mars. Okay, wait a minute. We got to vote. Who does have the best Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation, though? I, I, my um, vote actually goes to Billy on this one. Same here. I'm. I, I, I think Billy has the best one. Wait, Stop wait, wait. whining. What are you talking about? It is one of the best in the fucking universe. Because there are the beautiful trees that we have in California, which are all on fire right now. And we don't know what we're fucking doing in California. We're such a lost state. Oh, I got to go. My eggs are talking to me because they got to shake it like a hot boy leg. My God. See, that's what I'm talking about. I am not German. I am Austrian. Austrians don't like being called Germans. And Germans don't like being called Austrians. So how do you think that makes me feel? I like to cry in my pillow because when people confuse who I am. I'm glad. I'm going to bottle up your tears and sell them on the internet. I've cried oceans of tears because of, I've been mistaken from different parts of Eastern Europe. I am well, proud of my gun. heritage. I the gun. I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> I always support oceans of tears, Bill. You know that. Oh, that's the <laughs> Especially with with all this with all the salt on my glistening skin, right after I work on my biceps and have my five shakes of HGH mixed with steroids, oh, it's so good! We're just making it worse. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we love it. Oh Oh, god! And I thought Larry Cohen was enough last week. Pineapple. That was the deal. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, rather. No, does he want to say hi? Pineapple. Yeah, Larry can say hi if he wants to. <laughs> I met this very disgruntled man from Eastern Ger- Europe, and apparently he thinks he's the second coming of Julius Caesar. What are you talking about? Oh, my name is Alice Bush, and I am the greatest actor in the world. Calm down, for Christ's sakes, you're going to have an aneurysm. Oh, I've never met a more angrier man than you. Where's my camera? Where's Daniel Pearl? Can we start shooting this thing? I am not going to let you shoot because I am going to be talking like a team star. Really hard and loud so you can shoot your movie. Listen, I've made movies for less. Let me tell you about Q. I don't give a shit about X, Y, and Z. So you can talk about Q all you want. Well, uh, 
I'm at a loss of words here. Where's Michael Moriarty? Where's Tony Lobianco? I, I, I need to get saved here. This is just too much for me. You know nothing. You know nothing. You are a small little man. You are Laco Productions. What does Laco even mean? It means Larry Cohen. So shove it up your ass, Austrian boy. That was fucking harsh. Oh my god. <laughs> Right. I, 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 I just pulled that out of my ass. You guys better be fucking happy. Hey, I hope that everyone listening to this appreciate the gift, the gift that we were given, Mr. Billy Coin. He is a, 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 a gift that keeps on giving. We love you, Billy. I want to hear what Lamont has to say because he looks like he's about to punch me. I have no words. I'm a little, I'm a little taken aback right now. For once, I actually don't have a cutting quip here. Holy shit! See? I just feel like we're in trouble now. Well, we always feel like we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, when you feel like you're in trouble, I always feel like I did something wrong. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's part of the definition of Billy Coin. What feeling like you done something wrong? Oh, always, Jesus! Is this Bill? Yeah, this or is Arnold the or Rob. Thing. What's going on? There's so is many. Don't say pineapple. This is the real Bill. Bill. Nobody said yes. the P word. Nobody said the P word, Billy. You're okay. Pineapple. That the safe word? Oh yeah. So there was this one time. Pineapple, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> there was this one time I remember on It's Alive when I had James Dixon come up to me and say. You know what would make a great idea for a movie? How about we collaborate on a vampire film? Because there's this thing that just came out that's called uh, Salem's Lot. How would you actually like to collaborate on it? That's what he said to me. And I'm like, well, let, let, I guess, you know, Steve King might have it. So let's see if there's something there. If it works, it works. Nice tie around. Finn. And Finn. And Finn. And Finn. Well, artisans up on the screen, that could only mean one thing, that the film is coming to a Finn as well. Or Ghoulies 2 is coming on next. So uh, real quick, we'll run through. What do you think? What do you think of Running Man, a running person? Oh, oh, Running Man. I mean, I love this film. It's a lot of fun. Um, I did not read the short story, so I don't know how close or how far it went from the uh, source material. Um, but I do have to say it's it's funny because uh, as as a film goes, you know, it's all action and all that. It's more action than, than horror, but it does have uh, what I would consider Stephen King's kind of um, social commentary. Because whenever you watch, you know Stephen King, he always is 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 put. You got the horror aspect, but you also got the like psychological and the human aspect. Mm-hmm. And I really think that in The Running Man, he really dealt well with that aspect. It's it's like uh, James said earlier about having it as the subtext. You got the action, you got Arnold to make it easy going down, but you still got the healthy dose of medicine inside that beefy Arnold beefcake. Oh, so beefy. So beefy. Yeah, I'm with Hawk on this one. I think 
I think this I think this one more so than everything. Where where King is talking about usually very human themes, like like, yeah. you know, it's shining its alcoholism. In the pet cemetery, it's grief and death and accepting like the passing of loved ones. With this, it's a much broader thing, right? Like he's talking about our actual entertainment and how we consume our entertainment and really making you kind of stare yourself in the mirror and say, well, should we be okay with the things we're okay with? That's the question I think that the running man asks all the way through while having this nice superficial layer of like a really good action sci-fi beat him up, shoot him up movie. No, I love the running man, man. I love the running man. I think it's a great film. Um, ours, I think it's one, honestly, I think it's one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's best. Heck yeah. Um, more so even than like, I think in, uh, on my ultimate Arnold Schwarzenegger list, it would probably be like T2 predator running man. And then everything else just kind of falls by the wayside. Um, yeah, no, I love The Running Man. I'm with Alex on this. I love The Running Man. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys as well. I mean, like I said earlier, this movie reminds me of, like, they live in the way that it makes me question how I see the world, like it tries to do. And I don't know, it's really cool. Like, just thinking of putting yourself in that life, like, okay, I just got selected to fucking die <laughs> or not. But I don't know. I really liked the the animation, everything. The lighting was very popping. Like, I was very drawn to that. And, um, yeah, I suck at the end part of these things. So I just like the fucking movie, all right? It happens. It happens. Billy Billy Coyne, what do you think over there? I think this is like a big plate on Wiener Schnitzel. It's big and glistening, and it's a big mouth of awesomeness and amazingness. I just love this fucking movie. I can't argue or add anything to that, I think. I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's it. I fucking love this movie. I mean, but I agree with James. I mean, I think this is like in the upper tier of the Schwarzenegger films, you know. I mean, T2, T1. I mean, I think T2 is the superior film, you know. I, I, I would rank that at number one. And, you know, you know, number two, personally, uh, probably True Lies. I mean, I I love that role he has. And this is definitely, I would say, like my third. Because, I mean, he's just... There's so many great fucking movies in the pantheon that Schwarzenegger has... I mean, I, you know, he can't... I think he does comedy very well. I think he can be the straight man. But I think it really depends on the role. And I think with this role, I think he enjoyed the hell out of this. I mean, I think he was just having so much fun making this movie. Sure, he might have been difficult in certain situations, but I think this is just a fucking fun movie at the end of the day. Yeah, I pre- I'm a big fan. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Arnold, I think, overall. Yeah. Even the bad ones, I can, you know, appreciate. A Jingle All the Way, I think, is a classic. Classic. Put bad the cookie classic. down! Put Jingle the, all the cookie way. down! Jingle All the Way is the best movie I ever made. I'm always cursed, you know. So I've got the Phil Hartman curse. It's also got the Jake Lloyd curse, technically. And the Jake Lloyd curse. Yeah. And the Turbo Man curse. I was hoping that that was the Phil Hartman one and not the Sinbad one. 
There's I love that guys. fucking movie. I saw House Guest in the theaters. Don't you dare! No, there's a, there isn't there one with um, is Phil Hartman and Sinbad both in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. single, House right. Guest. That's a. I think that's no, a no. I know movie. House Guest, but are they both in Jingle All the Way? With yeah, it? they're both in Jingle All the Way. All right. Yeah, yeah. Are. I like House Guest a lot. Phil as Hart, well. Yeah. But all right, enough about that stuff. So. If everybody liked this episode, go check out more Dead Kids episodes, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode of the Dead Kids of Derek. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>